I want to speak this morning on something. I am speaking about building builders, but I'm kind of not, but it will fit into this. Is that okay? Um, You know, if you look at the book of Nehemiah, we've been looking at Nehemiah, and you see at the beginning, Nehemiah, he sees a problem, and um, he straight away does something. He goes to God. He goes to his Father in heaven. And really, that's what I want to speak about today, is getting the blessing of the Father. Because when we have the blessing of the Father, there's nothing else we need in life once we know we're blessed from the Father. Okay? I want to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, I think I'm 26 to 28. You know, when I, uh, before I married Sarah, I thought it was important to go and ask her father for the blessing of her hand. Has anybody had to do that? You know, it was a bit of a strange experience. Why have I got to do this? It's more of a traditional thing that you do. You go and ask the father if you have his blessing, don't you? And um, really, that's what I want to speak about today is getting the blessing of the father. Because God wants to give you the blessing and know that you have the blessing. But if we don't know we have the blessing, then sometimes we struggle in life. We struggle to pick ourselves up. We struggle to be who God wants us to be because the blessing of the Father isn't on our hearts. We know it in our minds, but it's not on our hearts. So we don't find the freedom and the release and the empowerment to become everything God wants us to be. Nehemiah understood this. He went to his Father in heaven. He prayed to him, and then he got the favor and he got the blessing. Then he knew he was ready and he was equipped to go and do what God wanted him to do. So Genesis chapter 1 You know, there's loads of times in Scripture as well when we see fathers laying hands on sons. You can read Jacob when he's got his 12 sons at the end of his life. He puts his hands on his sons and he prays a blessing over them. He affirms who they are and he also blesses them to do with their future prophetically. Now, that doesn't mean that that automatically happens because they then have to be obedient to God's ways and to grow into that and to become everything that they were called to be. So I'm not saying that this, this morning, will all make it happen. But what it does do, it affirms who we are and it empowers us to go and be who God wants us to be. Therefore, we can build what God wants us to build. We can build our own lives. We can build our family. We can build in our workplace. We can build in church. We can build because we know we've got the blessing of the Father to do it. So Genesis, let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that moved along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God, in the beginning, made man in his own image. We know that the Father is the Father, but he's also the Son, and he's the Holy Spirit. So in the beginning, God made man in his image. So we're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of the Father, we're made in the image of the Son, and we're made in the image of the Spirit in our lives. So we're all a spiritual being, would you say, would you agree? We're all made by the Holy Spirit, so we've got a spiritual dynamic to us that God has put in us that he wants to bless, okay? So then he says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So in the beginning, and I think we all need an in the beginning moment. Would you agree? We've all had things go on life. We've all been put down. We've all had experience, negative experience that robs something from us. But I believe God knows we all need an in the beginning again. We all need to be born again, as the Bible calls it, and start afresh. And if you're not born again, then you're going to struggle with this until you're born again. Then you'll begin to get it. If you're born again, you'll understand what I'm saying this morning. And at the end, I'll give you opportunity that you can be born again. But I believe we all need an in-the-beginning moment. We all need to hear what the Father says. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit blesses us and affirms us so that we know we're blessed to be fruitful. Does anybody want to be fruitful? Wow, I'm blessed to be fruitful. Why does God have to do this? Why does God do it in the beginning? You look here, it's a, it's a law, it's a principle that's given so that man knows when he walks the earth, he needs the Father's blessing. Without the Father's blessing, he's going to struggle to realize who he is in this world. So in the beginning, God made man in his image, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In order to get that blessing in the beginning again, we have to come to Jesus and get his permission or the Father's blessing over our lives. We then get the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that affirms that blessing to us and makes us alive again. Wow, I'm blessed now to be a blessing. Is this making sense? I'm now blessed. If that's in here, that's fine, but it needs to drop in here into your spirit. It needs the Holy Spirit to reveal it personally to you so that you know from the Father, via the Son, Jesus Christ, through faith in Him, you have the blessing of the Father. Why? Because it gives you the capacity to apply yourself in this world. You're not looking for permission from people. You're not looking for approval from people. Am I loved? Have I got enough friends to make me feel good and valued? No, no, no. I have the permission from the Father. I have his blessing. I don't need anything else. I have the blessing from heaven that says, I am his beloved son. I am his beloved daughter in whom he is, wow, pleased. See, when we have this, it gives us the capacity to do everything God has called us to do. It it fills us with a a strength, not on our own strength, but by his spirit, as we were singing this morning. My flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. It's not by might, it's not by strength, but it's by the spirit the Father gives the blessing. You can't achieve this on yourself It's done by faith and faith alone, and it's given by grace. We receive it. Are you still with me? And we long and we search for this approval. We long and we search. Can we have some lights on, please? We long and we search for the approval. How many have been searching for the approval? How many have been looking for it in the career, the job, the car? Come on. And does it fulfill it? Does it do it? Does it hit where it should hit? No, 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 no. Why? Because in the beginning, God designed it so that when man walked the earth, he would always be looking for the Father's blessing. Now, there's another father we can talk about, the father of lies, who tempts us to look for it in other places. But when we come to Jesus, he releases the Father's blessing over our lives. 
He gives us the capacity to be who God's called us to be. I don't need any other blessing. I don't need anything else. God is sufficient in my life because I have Jesus. Jesus is the all. He's the everything. He's the beginning. He's the end. What else do we need apart from Jesus? He made all this stuff anyway. Jesus has it all. He's the king. He's above all things. Jesus is sufficient. I don't need anything else but Jesus. But we're all weak and we're all tempted and we all try things. We try relationships We try jobs, and all those things are not bad things to have as long as Jesus is the foundation of your life. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the everything you base your life on, God's love and God's grace. So in the beginning, God gives us the capacity, but he also gave him authority. He gave him authority then to rule over. Now, that language can have a a negative term in terms of how people are with people in terms of ruling over. It's not meant to be one where it has dominion, as in rule people to tell them what to do. It's more to do with taking responsibility in this life. So, for example, your debt that you have problems with, and I have, I've had problems with debt. How do you deal with that? You take authority over it. How? By dealing with it. Take responsibility. Don't blame anybody else. This is my debt, nobody else's. I will, you know, live within my means. I will stop getting loans. I I will do it. Therefore, when you do that, you take authority over it. Does that make sense? And God gave them the birds and the fish. I was going to say the birds of the sea. The birds of the air, all right, and the fish of the sea to have dominion, to take responsibility. There was sufficient resource in that for man. He didn't need anything else. In the beginning, God gave us the capacity to apply ourselves. In the beginning, he gave us authority. In other words, permission. You've got permission to rule. Sarah did a great message last week on overcoming you want some practical things go to that and look at okay this ties in with this but this is more today of a spiritual blessing from the father it was given to adam given to noah then to his two of his sons we see the blessing one son we'll look at in a bit has a problem and the blessing doesn't go over to him then it goes to abraham in genesis chapter 12 It says, God again comes to Abraham and affirms to Abraham who he is. Blessed are you, Abraham. He's the father of the faith, is he not? Blessed are you, Abraham. Now you're blessed to bless many nations. So Abraham is blessed from the father in heaven. Then we move on. We've got Isaac, who is blessed by Abraham. Then Isaac blesses Jacob, and it's passed on to Jacob, to his son, to, to Jacob. Then Jacob passes, passes it on to his 12 sons. And this is the pattern that we see that helps his, the children, the sons, to have a capacity to believe in themselves, to know who they are, to know that they're loved and accepted. Now, I don't know about you, but... I mean, I've got, I had great parents. I'm blessed with great parents. Not perfect parents. I've got to be careful what I say because my mum's in today. But, you know, but I had great parents. But listen, my parents weren't perfect. She's sitting here today. You know, they weren't perfect. And I grew up 
my dad died, and many of you know, I passed, he passed away suddenly. And I grew up wandering, wondering, looking for this love. They were great parents, and they loved me unconditionally. But I was still missing something. I was still missing something on the inside. No matter where I looked, no matter where I went, it never satisfied me. And I remember thinking, growing up, you know, thinking like my dad didn't love me after he passed away. And, you know, because he didn't hug me, he didn't show me affection, he didn't, he didn't do that. My mom did, but my dad didn't. So I, it just messed with my head. And, you know, it was a lie. It was from the father of lies who robbed me and deceived me and told me I wasn't loved because I'd looped for it in a certain way of affection and because I didn't get it, it messed me up and the father of lies used that and twisted it and told me I wasn't loved. Why do I tell you that? Because there's a father who wants to correct those lies. And just like Jacob affirmed to his sons and passed on that blessing... God wants to pass on that blessing to you that was passed on to Abraham so that you can pass it on to your children spiritually. Are you still with me? We see it from Abraham to Jacob, Isaac, Jacob. We see it to Joseph and we see the blessing that Joseph carries when he goes into Egypt and it overflows. It says in Genesis chapter 49, it overflows and it flows back into Israel. We see the amazing blessing. Then we see it with Saul, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, Saul becomes king, and it says the spirit comes upon him, and it says, go and do whatever you need to do. In other words, you've now got permission to go and do it. You can do it. Go and do it, Saul. And then we see Saul being, uh, becomes a king. Just an ordinary boy becomes a king. Then we see it from David. Again, the blessing comes upon David to affirm who he is. And we see this through scripture. Then we see it with Jesus. We see a young boy who goes into the temple. His mum and dad have lost him and they're wondering where he is. Safeguarding would be going absolutely crazy nowadays. Where's the son that you've, you know, you'd be arrested nowadays in this world if you'd left your son somewhere. But Jesus knew where he was. He knew he was to grow and to learn And to become everything that the Father had for him. He was in the scriptures. He was in the temple learning about his Father and the plans of his Father. He was looking for the blessing of his Father to affirm who he was. Then we see it in Matthew chapter 3 where Jesus is blessed from his Father in heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it said, this is my beloved Son. The Spirit, it said, came upon him, rested like a dove. And then it said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is Jesus, the son of God, who needed to know the blessing of the father from heaven on his life for ministry. Because life isn't always easy. So even Jesus needed to know from the father in heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And then we see it. From Paul, the apostle, to Timothy. So it's all the way through scripture we can see the blessing of the Father passing through people to other people. And you know what, church? It's our day today. It's our day today to have this blessing passed to us so that it can pass to others. It can pass to our children and our children's children. Does anybody want that? 
You want your children growing up knowing who they are. You know, full of life. Being content. Come on. We just long for your kids to be content. It took me 20 odd years to discover who I was. And then it's taken me another 10 years to actually find some contentment at a deeper level. To be happy with who I am again. Wouldn't you just love your kids in this generation to know who they are in this world? To know that they're empowered by the father of heaven, not by the father of this world. Not by the father of lies. But they have the truth that they are loved, that they are accepted, that they're unique. So, what does it do when we have this blessing? I've said it empowers us, but what else does it give us? When Jesus left the disciples, he blessed them. He sat with them. He prayed with them. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. But he blessed them. Why? He said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Then he said, go to them. Why is he doing that? He's affirming. He's saying to them, listen, I'm from the Father. I'm above all things. And I want you to go. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you permission in this world. And then he says this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because they were going to face problems? Yes. But he's doing something that the Father would do to us. He's imparting peace into their hearts. Does anybody want peace in a troubled world? He's imparting the Father's peace to them. Be at peace. You'll face troubles. You'll face trials. But blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. And you see... Blessed are those who are persecuted. He, he was imparting peace to them. What else was he imparting? He's imparting security to them. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm above all this stuff, guys. I'm the king of kings. I have this. This is my plan. I'm in full control. When I went to the cross, everybody's freaking out. But I'm in control because I'm above all things. So what is he saying to them? You need to know that you're secure in me. No matter what happens to you, you're secure in me. I give you my peace from the Father. You're made right with the Father, but I'm also going to give you security. You know, I'm like, are you going to hire a security firm? Who are you going to hire? Jesus. You're going to say Ghostbusters then, weren't you? No, (laughs) Jesus. Which security firm are you going to ring up? Jesus. Jesus Jesus.com. You're going to have Jesus as your security firm, would you not? I know I I would. I want Jesus, and that is what he's imparting to them. He's imparting peace, and he's he's imparting for them to be secure. Does anybody want to be secure in a world that's not secure? And I know sometimes we feel insecure, and we can be insecure, and that's okay. But in our hearts, by faith, we can be secure in God's. We can be secure because of what the Father's done for us. We can be secure in who we are. I'm secure because of the blessing of the Father in my life. So I'm at peace with God. I'm secure with God. Therefore, the next thing he imparts is prosperity. Fruitfulness. Go and make disciples. He's given them permission 
to go. He's empowering them to go. You, he's saying, you can do it, guys. I'm above all things. You've seen what I've done. Now you're going to do the same as I've just done. And I'm empowering you. The Spirit's going to come upon you. what this is about. The Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do everything that you're called to do. He's equipping them and empowering them. Are you still with me? So this is what Jesus did. This is what the Father's blessing does. It brings us peace. It brings us security. And it brings us prosperity. Now, I know and you know that that doesn't happen straight away. Oh, I'm prosperous. Oh, I'm prosperous all of a sudden. Where did all that money fall from? My mum was wrong. Money does grow on trees, right? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Now, we have to align ourselves, and I'm going to look at that a little bit next week, about aligning ourselves with the blessing, our obedience to Jesus and his teachings and his principles. That's what causes us to bear fruit in his kingdom. But unless we grasp this by faith and believe it and see it, we won't see it. Does that make sense? If we're still listening to the father of lies, he tells us we're not good and we're inadequate and you'll never do anything and, and, you, and something's missing in your life and, you know, something's not right. It's lies. In Jesus, you've got everything. Amen. So, a few things about the blessing then. Point number one for you to take away this week is this. It's given by a father who's in the position of the father and is entitled to release it. So where's the blessing going to come from in your life? It's going to come from a father figure. Not just a father figure, but your attitude towards those father figures. Your attitude towards your parents, your mothers, people in authority. It determines the blessing of God over your life. You know, like I said earlier, I had great parents and I'm blessed to have parents. And, you know, I I did some things in my life that, you know, I wasn't proud of. You know, and I did something, I'm not going to go into detail, but I did something and I wasn't proud of it. You know, the first thing that came to me, that's going to hurt my mum and dad. That's going to hurt my mum and dad. I was concerned of the shame and the stuff that I'd done. Why? Because of those values that are in us. Our love for our parents. It's God's way that God puts us under authority. He says in uh, Ephesians, but also it says in Exodus Command with a blessing. Honor your father. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Why? It says, because there is a blessing with it. There's life that comes with it. And we need to understand that it's given by a father. It's not just your natural parents that pass this on. It's your spiritual parents as well. So me and Sarah are growing in this church as spiritual parents for you to receive spiritual blessing from the Father. How you see us is how you'll receive. Does that make sense? If you go home and mouth about us and moan about us, you're going to stop that blessing over your life. You will. I'm sorry. It's not about me. It's about the Father. It's about the Father. Okay? And Father puts people of authority in your life, and it tests your attitude towards him, not towards people. Because he said, honor those in authority. Submit to them. It's a test of your attitude in your heart, whether you will trust him, 
Look through scripture, look through the Old Testament, look at Joseph's life. He was put under authority many times to test his attitude. At one point, he tries to get out of jail, and he has to try to justify himself. And he says, remember me in here. I I shouldn't have been in here. It's my brothers that put me in here. Father's like, you're not ready yet. You're not trusting me fully to deal with this and be your justifier. So you'll stay in prison for a little bit longer. He didn't say that, but that's what's happening. Do you understand? That's the process And those are the principles of God. When we honor those in authority, when we honor our spiritual parents, there's spiritual blessing available for us. So I'm not sure about that. There is. That's why it says in Scripture, in Ephesians, if it was Old Testament, Paul wouldn't have written it in Ephesians, honor your father and mother. Then he talks about the workplace, honor your bosses, your employers, honor them. Why? Because God can bless you in and through them. So, If you take offense at a church leader, if you take offense, you need to forgive them. You know, and and if I've done things wrong to you, I am sorry. You know, I'll I'll stand with you and I'll apologize. I'm not perfect. I made mistakes. I'm learning on this. But I want to encourage you, look beyond me. Look at the word of God and what it says. It's your relationship with God, not your relationship with me that matters. You know, and sometimes you've been in church... I'm going to touch on this next week a little bit. There's things that happen in church from leaders, and that can stop you. Because a spiritual leader has made a mess, therefore it can, you can then struggle in church. Something can be missing because you've taken offense or you're hurt and you're disappointed. You struggle to trust again in leadership because of a spiritual leader has messed it up for you. The only thing you can do again is submit to God and go again and forgive them like Christ forgave you. Because otherwise you'll miss out on the spiritual blessing of the Father. Does that make sense? So the first thing is it comes from a father who's entitled to release that blessing. Paul knew he was entitled to release the blessing for Timothy. That's why he writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. He says, my child, my child or my son be strong in the grace He's writing to him to release it as a father to Timothy. He has permission to speak into Timothy's life. He's speaking through letters and saying, My son, be strengthened in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. He's reminding him as a son who's under authority to continue in that grace and in that empowerment that God has given him through Jesus Christ. Paul has permission to speak into his life. Who has permission to speak into your life? Which spiritual mother or father has permission to breathe life into you? You need somebody. It could be me and Sarah in this church as this, but you're also going to need other people along the way who can breathe life into you, who can speak the blessing, say, come on, child, get up again. Come on, forgive him. Come on, I need to correct you. Come on, you need to forgive. You're having a grump. Come on, you need to... You need someone. You need someone who can say, come on. You've been empowered by God. Forgive him. I know it's hard, but forgive him and go again. Or someone who can just put their arm around you and say, I'm here for you. There's not a lot I can do at the moment. I know it's painful, but I'm here with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You'll be the Father's blessing to them in their lives. Are you still with me? It's given by the Father. He's in permission. He's entitled to do that. The next point is this. He uses people, but the blessing is divine. Woo. He uses people, humans, but the blessing is divine. 
I was reading Jesus when Jesus gets blessed from the Father. And I always wondered, I thought, why does John the Baptist baptize him? Why doesn't he, John the Baptist tries to flip it around and says, no, Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, you baptize me. And Jesus says, no, 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 you must do this to fulfill. You must do this to me. Why? He's modeling something to people that we need to submit to people in order to receive a blessing. God could have said, no, I'm not going to use people. But for some strange reason, he chose us. He chose you and me as the body of Christ to be a blessing and to go and to do what he's calling us to do. That's the way he's designed it. He's empowering us to do it rather than him keeping all the power. He's releasing it from heaven to say, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do it. I've blessed you and you can do it. But it comes through people. Jesus submits to John the Baptist. And in doing that, we see heaven divine release from heaven. He says, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It's the Father's blessing. So it will come through people... But the blessing is divine. Are you still with me? The third thing is this. It's given, and I know this sounds obvious. It's given to sons and daughters. I know, I know it sounds obvious. But if we don't know we're a son of God, we're going to struggle to receive this. If we don't really know that we're a child of God, we're going to struggle to really know who we are. If we don't know we're born of God, if we don't know we're a son of God, we're going to struggle to really accept this. Are you hearing it? Accept that I'm loved by the Father. Accept that he, I am his beloved son in whom I, God is blinking well pleased with me. What I find in the, amazing in the beginning, I think we all need an in-beginning moment. I think I need to do a preach on in the beginning. In the beginning, there were no other people to compare to. Does that make sense? One of the problems is we're always comparing. But if you have an in-the-beginning moment, there's no one to compare to. Are you hearing that? If, you, if you're born of God, you're born of God. You're not born of the world, you're born of God. Wow, I'm born of God. I'm not born of the world. I'm born of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I don't need to compare anymore. I've had it in the beginning moments. Is this making sense? I've had it in the beginning. I'm made of God. I'm not made of the world. I'm made of God. I'm born of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old's gone. Are you still with me this morning? Some of you, is this making sense? But if we're not born of God, truly born of God, we're going to struggle to receive the blessing. John 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you believe in God, it's your right as a son and daughter be it to be a child of God. It's your right to receive the blessing from heaven. If you're a son, you're a daughter of God, it's your, it's your right, it's your inheritance, it should be pouring out from heaven into your life, into your mind, renewing you, and into your heart and refreshing you so that you can walk in the blessing of God. You're having an in the beginning moment. I don't need the past. I don't care about the past. The past's gone. It's pulling me back. It's trying to tell me I'm no good. I'm inadequate. I'm not good enough. But I've had an in the beginning moment because I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, and I'm blessed from heaven. The Father's blessing is given to sons and daughters. Said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, but sometimes 
You think, I get that, I understand it, but it isn't quite happening yet. Well, you've got to go after it then. When you look at people like Elisha and Elijah in the Old Testament, Elisha, right, was running after Elijah because he wanted it. He wanted it. You look at Naomi and Ruth, it says she clung to her and didn't want to let her go. Sometimes you've got to cling and you've got to come after. You've got to desire it and say, I hear what you're saying, God, but I want to dig deeper and know you deeper. I want to know this love that you talk about that I don't quite have yet. I want to go on a journey to grasp how wide and how deep is the love of God in Christ Jesus. And some of you may know that, and that's wonderful. It needs to overflow into other people's lives as a father as you take responsibility in this world. It inspires people. You know, when you, when you get this, something happens. When you see people in the Bible, they get this, it changes their lives. They're never the same again. It brings increase, it brings prosperity, it brings breakthrough. You see enemies that defeated them be defeated now because of the blessing and the favor of God on their lives. So the blessing is to sons and daughters, but it comes from the lips of a loving father. The next point is this. The blessing is not limited by inadequacies. Jacob wanted the blessing of his father. He wanted his father to speak the blessing over his life because traditionally what would happen, the firstborn son always got the biggest blessing. I bet that caused some problems. (laughs) Why are they having favor? Why don't I get more than them? It's just how it was. The firstborn son got the blessing, okay? A lot of it is to do with Christ being the first. But here's the deal. The firstborn got the greater blessing. Jacob wanted that blessing. Do you see what I'm saying about going after? Sometimes you've got to go after it and want it. Jacob wanted the bigger blessing, but it was not his to have. So what he did with Esau, he tricked kind of Esau and persuaded him for a bowl, I think it was soup or some porridge or some food, I can't remember what it was, some food, he decided to sell all of his inheritance. (laughs) Imagine your brother saying to you one day, "Um, you know mum's house, it's worth 2.5 million. Do you know that, them catalogs you've got? Can, Can I, can I? I'll swap you the, 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 the 2.5. You can have your 1.25 if I can have them Kellogg's. And he has a bowl and he sells it, right? Now, here's the deal. Esau probably looked at his father and thought, what can that old... I nearly swore down. <laughs> what can that old man give me? He's old, balding, Gray hair. See him shimmering there in the light, John. Oh, there's another ship. There's quite a few shimmering over there. What can that old man possibly give me, Esau? So he sold it to Jacob. Why am I telling you that? Because we can so easily look at the inadequacies of people and think, what can they possibly give us? What can, what, what can the pastor possibly give me? What can the, you know, what, what can the leader, what, what can the boss possibly do for me? I, I'll just talk about them and moan about them. No, 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 no. Don't look at the inadequacies. Jacob understood this, that it was a spiritual blessing imparted through a human being, but it was not based on the human being or his inadequacies. 
He wasn't looking to think he's an old man walking. You know what? I heard something recently about pastors and how cool you've got to be as a pastor. Apparently now, the new image for pastors is biceps. You know? You've got to have loud music and everything. It's going to take a while, I know, but I'm working on it. You know? You, you've got to have biceps. It's a new thing. You go to the gym, you've got to have biceps. Some tattoos. It's cool. That's what we want a church to look like. If we've got tattoos and biceps, everybody's going to come. Come on. Let's look beyond the surface of it and look through that at the blessing of God that can come when we honor those in authorities and have faith in who God is. See, it's not limited by inadequacies. It's not even limited by your inadequacies. God is not limited by us or by people. God is limitless with his grace and his mercy. Esau despised it. But Jacob saw beyond the inadequacies and he believed and he sought after and he got the inheritance that he wanted. It's not based on inadequacies. Are you still with me? And the last point is this. It releases leadership. We're talking about building builders. You look at Nehemiah when he got the blessing of his father in heaven. When he understood that he had the favor of God to do what God had called him to do. It released that leadership. He had leadership in in him. He saw a problem and he thought, I need to solve this problem. There's something in him wanting to do something. You know, as a loving person, as a kind person, as as a father for the people that are in distress. Something in him wanted to go and do it. But then the blessing of the father comes upon you and you're empowered to do it. He's released to go and do it and make it happen because he has the approval of the father. He knew who he was as a son. He knew that his people of Israel were in trouble and the favor of the father came upon him. It released him into leadership. It released him to solve problems. It released him to get up and make it happen. And you think, well, why are you saying this? I'm not in leadership. Yes, you are. You're all called to lead somewhere. You're all called to lead in your workplace, take responsibility and serve. You're all bear to bear fruit in the kingdom of God. You're all here to find authority and let things not have dominion over you, but you to have dominion over them things, like money and work. They can have dominion over you, but God wants you to rise up out of that so that you can have dominion over them. You're the master of these things rather than the master being over you. And I'm not saying that's easy, But in God, I believe it's possible. When people reject you or the job doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, but when you have Jesus and the contentment in him, it doesn't matter what people think because you know who you are. You see, it released leadership when you look at Joseph. Sorry, when you look at Jacob with Joseph, it also released Judah, who became the greatest. Why did Judah become the greatest? You know, if you were going to choose to bless your kids, you're going to choose to bless like Jacob, you'd probably give the best blessing to Joseph just because he tells the greatest story and it's just great when you watch Disney. You know, Joseph is an amazing story, is it not? And he does bless Jacob, Joseph in Genesis 49 with an amazing blessing, and we haven't got time to do that now, about him being a fruitful vine because of his, he was next to a spring. We know what that spring is today what that spring can be for our lives. But he does not give him the greatest blessing. He gives the greatest blessing to Judah, who we know 
his lineage is Jesus Christ comes through Judah. Okay? But when you look at Judah naturally and what his past said, you would not have given it to Judah. Judah was the one who encouraged his brother to be sold into slavery. Judah was the one who slept with somebody he shouldn't have slept with. I'm not going to say too much what that was, but you can read it, right? He slept with someone he should not have slept with. I think it was his son's, his son's wife. His son had died and he slept with, we go too much detail. But if you read it, you can see what he did. He's not got credibility to come in for the greatest blessing. Are you hearing this? But here's the deal. None of us have either. None of us deserve the blessing. But it's not determined by us. It's determined by the Father in heaven. It's not determined by our past or our sin. It's determined by our faith in Jesus Christ. And the blessing of the Father, how do we get it? We come to Jesus. Jesus said, they asked Jesus, what's the way, Jesus? How do we get to the Father? Show me the Father. And Jesus said, you see me, you see the Father. You want to know the Father? Know me. The Apostle Paul, I believe, learned this lesson. He asked the band to come up. Sorry, I've just changed that a little bit. If you just want to... Sorry, not band, the keys. The keys. <laughs> the Apostle Paul was a man who was a father to Timothy. And we're here today because of the Apostle Paul and the gospel going out. We stand here because of his sacrifice and what he did. It's not Paul himself, it's the blessing of the Father that was put through Paul so it could come to me and you today. But you know, there's a story about Paul, it's a legend, it's written, but it's not biblical, it's not in the Bible, but you can understand the principle and you can understand the truth in this. And it's written about Paul when he's in prison. Paul's been wrongly accused, it's a corrupt society is facing execution. So circumstances, not looking very good, are they, really? It's not looking, his, from a natural point of view, that his circumstances, you wouldn't say that he has the favor of God and he has the blessing of God. Or the author. You'd think, what's going on here? But this is a story that somebody tells about a, a rich merchant. And this rich merchant heard about Paul. He heard that there was a man called Paul who was in prison, yet... He'd done amazing things and he was still writing letters and still encouraging this church. And he wanted to know and meet Paul. So he wrote to Timothy, his spiritual son, and said, Timothy, I want to meet this guy. I want to find out what it is. I want to know. So Timothy says, yes, you can come and you can come and meet Paul and I'll give you some time with him, hopefully. So the merchant turns up in the prison. He goes to see him. He goes in and he sees this inadequate looking guy small and maybe balding I I don't know what his details but he just thought man what good can come out of this guy and he spent 10-15 minutes with him and as he spent time with him just the sovereignty of God oozed from this guy just the grace of God and the love of God it was like it was like a magnet pulling out of him and he just stood there and thought wow How can this guy have nothing, yet he has everything? How is this guy in chains and facing execution, yet he's full of life? And he came out, his head was bamboozled, the merchant, and he walked up to Timothy and he said to Timothy, Timothy, what's that about? How how is that happening? How can he be in prison? How can he be wrongly accused? How can he be 
yet how is he like that? And Timothy said, it's easy. It's easy, don't you know? He says he's in love. He's, and the merchant said, what do you mean he's in love? Strange thing to say, men talking about being in love. He's in love. Do you not see it? And the merchant said, what do you mean? Who's he in love with? He says, he's in love with Jesus. And the merchant said, is that it? Is that, is that the answer? Is that, is that it? Is, 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 that, is that the answer to how he is? He's, he's in love with Jesus. And Timothy turned to him and he said this, is that it? He said, that's everything. That's everything you need is the love that you have for Jesus. You don't need anything else apart from Jesus. Faith in Jesus Christ releases the curse. It breaks chains. It heals the sick. The Father's blessing. It doesn't matter what chains Paul was in. It doesn't have, even if he was facing execution, he had Jesus. And Jesus was the beginning. He was the end. He was everything. All authority was given to Jesus. And Paul knew that Jesus was king. Jesus was sovereign. And Jesus was the all-sufficient one. I don't need anything else apart from Jesus. Jesus, all glory. Jesus, all praise. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is my source. Jesus is the fountain. Jesus is the spring. Jesus is the one that gives me life. Jesus is the spirit. Jesus is the Father. It's Jesus. Are you with me? What do you want? Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Find out about Jesus. He'll deal with your inadequacies. He'll he'll affirm his love to you. He'll make you a warrior. He'll help you to overcome. He'll help you to rise up. He'll help you to fly. You'll move from flapping like a bird to flying like an eagle with Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All glory to the Father. All praise to Jesus. How's your love for Jesus this morning? You know, sometimes in life, I think I need to touch this next week. I might do it refreshed tonight about losing people. When people die in our lives, when we lose parents, I really felt on my heart this morning, people who've lost their mothers. Something's missing out of your life. I think we haven't got time. I think something's missing out of your life because you've lost your mother. So you never feel good enough. You're always feeling like something's missing. And it's your mother. And it's, you know, you, your mother's always, always been there. They're always there. But when they're gone, it's like if something's missing. Listen, Jesus can help you. Jesus can heal your soul. Jesus can make it new again. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Jesus can redeem you. Jesus can restore you. It's about Jesus. And if you come to Jesus today, he will heal you. If you come to Jesus today, and sometimes it takes time, you can go home and cry, and it's a journey. But if you come to Jesus, I'll guarantee he'll be your everything. He'll be all sufficient for you. You won't need anything else in this world apart from the love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So let us stand, and I'm going to invite the band. I've gone over a few minutes. You know, I'm just going to sing this chorus. It just says, come to the altar. 
It says the Father's arms are wide open. (laughs) You know, sometimes we just need a hug from the Father to say it's okay. I know it's not okay, but you need to know from the Father who's on the throne that it's okay. When it's not okay with Him, it'll be okay one day. So I'm going to ask the band to lead us. You know, I'm not going to pray for you, but if you feel that you want to respond to the Father today, you want to come to the Father. Maybe you've never known the Father. Maybe you've never known the love of God. Today you can come to the Father for the first time. You can know His love for the first time. Or maybe you've lost someone and it's hurting your heart. Just come to the altar. Come to the Father. Come to Him today to receive healing, blessing. Or maybe some of you, you're called to leadership, then you need to step up and say, come on, I want to be empowered for leadership. I want to take responsibility and I'll step forward. And you can do that today as well. So if this message is speaking to you, I want you to just come and come to worship God at the front here. So just come. Come to the Father.